Previously on Battlestar Galactica. Hey, King, give me a dollar. No, I got a gun. I'll give you 20 for it. I bereaved you of your knives. They're all stuck in me. Hey, hey, it happens to every executioner once. If your brothers have made two attempts on your life, why are they still around to make a third? Start the damn joust before I piss myself. Caustic Soda! In the news. Barendra of Nepal. Barendra? Yes, King Barendra was the first Nepalese monarch to receive a formal education. He spent eight years studying at St. Joseph's College, a Jesuit school in Darjeeling, India. After studying at Eton until 1964, he returned to Nepal, where he began to explore the country by traveling incognito to remote parts of the country where he lived on whatever was available in the villages and monasteries. That sounds pretty cool. I know. It sounds like a pretty cool dude, actually. I like that. Yeah. He completed his education by spending some time at the University of Tokyo before studying political theory at Harvard from 1967 to 68. So, you know, a real uh, real top-shelf individual. King Barendra and Queen Ashwayara had three children. Prince Dipendra, the oldest, born in 1971. Princess Shruti, born in 1976. And Prince Nirajan, born in 1977. On June 1st of 2001, Prince Dipendra had been drinking heavily and had misbehaved with a guest. Oh, no. Which resulted in his father telling his son to leave the party. So I'm guessing that it's like either playing a game of grab ass or, yeah. you know, giving the old like, hey, buddy, I never liked you, man. <laughs> I'm the prince, goddamn. Yeah, it's, it was something like that. The drunken Dipendra was taken to his room by his brother, Prince Nirajan, and cousin, Prince Paris. One hour later, Dependra returned to the party armed with a Heckler & Koch MP5, a submachine gun. Oh, my goodness. A Franke Spaz-12, a Where? tactical shotgun. <laughs> okay. And an M16 assault rifle. Well, well, which, uh, what, where is he? How many does he decide what to shoot first? Well, he's got three <laughs> weapon slots because he's been playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just presses his button to switch between the one he wants. Uh, he fired a single shot into the ceiling before turning the gun on his father. Uh, you missed. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Oh, good, it works. He shot his father in the chest and then shot one of his aunts right after. When his uncle, Derendra, tried to stop the attack, Dependra shot him in the chest at point-blank range. Oh, my goodness. Prince Paris suffered only slight injuries and managed to save at least three other royals, including two children, by pulling a sofa over top of them. Dependra's mother, Ashwariara, and his brother, Nirajan, confronted him in the garden of the palace, where they were both shot dead. Dependra then proceeded to a small bridge over a stream running through the palace where he shot himself. This is what you call a rampage. Oh, yeah. This is a killing spree. This is callback to our killing spree episode. No, no. As we we recall from killing spree, you have to kill and then stop killing for a while. Ah, yes. And then later kill again. Well, he killed in the dining room and then killed his mother and his brother in the garden. Okay. And then killed himself on the bridge. All right. I guess well, we'll have to get some measurements. Mm-hmm. Get on the, except, of the tape measure. Except, Kevin, he didn't kill himself on the bridge. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. He didn't succeed in killing himself immediately. In fact, as eldest son, Dependra was proclaimed king while he was in a coma. Wow. Yeah. 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 For how long? Three days. He yeah. was king for three days. And then? And uh, he couldn't even appreciate it because he was in a coma. Yeah. Yeah, then he died. Then he died. <laughs> From his wounds. Yeah. So it's actually fo- all- follows the pattern of, of mass shootings like, you know, Columbine and things like that. Yeah. Where, you know, they people, someone snaps, they kill a bunch of people, and then, you know, as, when, either when confronted by authority or you know, when they the realize thought, what they've done, yeah. they kill themselves. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. It seems like a lot of paperwork to go through for a three-day kingly reign. Yeah, I just love in the a fact coma. that he just went in and wiped out his entire family and then... Shoots himself. Shoots himself. And then they still, they have to like, oh God, our hands are tied. He's the king. Yeah. Do you think the guys in the mint were like, we're not doing shit till we're sure <laughs> if he's going to live? <laughs> no, I wonder if they release a special coin with a hole in the middle <laughs> yeah. of it. And I, do they have a coronation on the, co- on the hospital bed? I wonder what the they would have ceremony. done if he'd have stayed indefinitely in a coma. Would they just have had a comatose king? And again, that would be some pretty interesting coinage with also, him with his uh, mouth open and tubes going in. Uh, this is also a twofer because it was a regicide and a patricide. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and a fratricide. And, fratricide, yeah, and fratricide. matricide. Yeah. 
the widely circulated rumors that Prince Dipendra was angry over a marriage dispute. Dipendra's choice of bride was Devyani Rana, a daughter of a member of the Rana clan against whom the Shah dynasty had a historic animosity. So it was a kind of it was a Romeo and Juliet thing, maybe. Yeah. Combined with a little insanity. And and heavy drinking. <laughs> and and being scolded. The alcohol episode. Yeah. And rage. Yeah, and the uh, sense of entitlement, probably. Many Nepalese people are skeptical of the official report that the Crown Prince Dipendra carried out the murder. King oh. Barendra and his son were very popular and well-respected by the population. Subsequently, Pushpa Kamal Dahal Prakanda, the chairman of the Nepalese Maoist Party, in a public gathering, claimed that the massacre was planned by either the Indian intelligence agency, RAW, or the American CIA. Oh. Hey, you just read a book on the American CIA. Was there anything about this in there? Uh, there wasn't, but really the overwhelming thing I learned about re- reading about the CIA was that they're largely incompetent and always have been. So I <laughs> yes. really doubt they would pull off something this slick. Yeah, in our uh, you know mind control episode, we talked about MK Ultra. It came pretty clear yeah. that the CIA were flying from the seat of their uh, incompetent pants. Yeah. Uh, promoters of this idea allege Gayanendra, Barendra's brother and Dipendra's uncle, had a hand in the massacre so that he could assume the throne himself. His ascension to the throne would only be possible if both of his nemu- nephews, Dipendra and Nirajan, were eliminated. Okay. Right, but here's the thing. There are witnesses who were, sh- who were injured and hid and in there who saw it. Oh, yeah. No, and- I get it. It's the consp- it, you know what it's yeah. the Nepalese version of the conspiracy theorist. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean this is the same as, you know, uh um JFK was an inside job or, you know, well, and when the guy who announces that it was uh, you know, the CIA or whatever is a Maoist, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> his credibility is perhaps he has a suspect. he has an axe to grind as well, yeah. potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh so as you can imagine, not a lot of regicide in the news, so that's kind of like formally in the news, but it's as close as I could get. So I don't have any other news. Pop culture? Pop culture. So can we start off right away with the one that Chris has actually completely got bona fides on, which would be <laughs> the A Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones uh, book slash TV combination? I haven't watched Game of Thrones or read any of the books, but I, is there any regicide in it? <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah. bit of regicide. I would say, as I think I was saying uh, before. No, we were Game going, of Thrones is just like musical chairs. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The With game, kings. the game of, of isn't the title. It's all in the title, right? The Game of Thrones is how, how many people do you have to kill to get to the throne? Isn't it, that it? It really is. That pretty much is the 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 entirety of the plot. The game is murder, mm-hmm. and the throne is the prize. Yeah, or, or political manipulation. Or, yeah, and murder. It, yeah, towards a murderous <laughs> end. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen any actual discrediting in the the series yet. Oh, let's discredit him. It's always been let's make it so people hate him and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's George R. R. Martin's epic fantasy series set in the fantasy world of Westeros and uh, Essos, which is the other continent. And as mentioned, regicide is one of its primary themes. Years before the time of both the series and the books, King Aerys Targaryen, whose family has ruled for over 300 years, has become mad with paranoia, causes a civil war. Uh, by the end of that, and this is still before the books and the movies start. He's oh, been, this is just backstory? Right, this, yes, is, backstory. this is backstory. <laughs> there is regicide in the backstory. Well, the backstory sets off the entire uh, impulse of the main story. Right. Uh, he's killed by one of his own Kingsguard as the entire city is being uh, rampaged by the opposing forces. Right. Robert Baratheon is crowned the new king of the Seven Kingdoms, and he kind of holds it fairly well together, but he's okay. a crappy king. He's a great warrior, but kind of a crappy king. He just right. enjoys hunting and screwing uh, whores and drinking. And... Barely paying attention pretty to Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty sweet gig if you can get it. So there's the start. And then this is a little bit of a spoiler for season book one, but I'm not going to worry too much about it. He ends up dying. Right. And what happens is he's, he goes off hunting, which he loves. Mm-hmm. We find out later that, of course, because there's all sorts of manipulation going on, that it was made very sure that he would die in this hunting trip. Right. The first attempt was to basically get him super, super, super drunk. And he's known to want to take on these huge boars all on his own. Right. So they fed him triple strength wine so that he was slobbering drunk, tried to kill this boar. And the, he did, but the boar totally got him at the same time. And he right. ends up lying and dying in his bed near the right. end of it. But it's pointed out later. So it was like, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, death by cop in LA. It was death by boar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, they just it's, sort of set the circumstances in which a boar could gore him. Right. It's also hinted that if the boar didn't do it, they had backup plans yeah. with archers and other things. It was, he, he was not coming back from this hunt. It was the three bombers against Alexander II. It's like, you got a guy with a briefcase right. ready to drop another bomb on him if need be, right? Right. It's too early to thank God! This regicide sets off what's called the War of Five Kings, the mm-hmm. entire main first story arc. 
Um, there's all these guys who are like, I'm all the next guys, king. Right. So his son, who it's claimed is a bastard and not his son, Joffrey right. Baratheon, immediately claims the Iron Throne. The eldest of his two younger brothers, Stannis Baratheon, claims, well, because I'm the eldest brother and I've heard that this king is a bastard, I should be king of the Iron Throne and declares himself king. Mm-hmm. The next youngest son, Renly Baratheon, says, nobody likes you, Stannis. You are a great warrior, but you're a crap leader and you don't care about people. Everybody's joining me, so I should be king. Yeah. And meanwhile, Rob that's Stark... Kind of the, that's kind of the high school class president argument, right? Yeah, it totally yeah. is. No, I, I'm a dude. Everybody likes me. So I, even though I don't really have any hereditary right to it, right. I'm just going to do it anyway. It's well, also right because Stannis is a huge dick. Yeah, and it's it's also hinted Renly would probably be a pretty decent king. He yeah. seems to be fair. Out of every every king, he seems to kind of be the least evil. Right, like he's just kind of a dick and manipulative, but he generally he sort of gets is it. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also uh, from the north, Rob Stark, son of the <clears throat> spoiler alert, dead Ned Stark, comes seeking vengeance against Joffrey Baratheon for mm-hmm. that death, and his followers, all these barbarian type uh, people up in the north, declare him king in the north. Okay. So he's now declared a different king. And then off on one of the coasts, this kind of Viking-based group of people, the uh, the leader of them, Balon Greyjoy, declares himself king of the Iron Islands. So now so, there's all sorts of kings. So, so there's the like, entire, that much better chance at regicide because there's just a bunch of kings floating around. Right. So this is basically season one. <laughs> all these kings and everybody fighting right. and everybody wanted to kill kings and become king and declaring new kingships and this one Iron Throne that everybody wants. All right. Well, so Eris is crazy right he like burns people alive yeah. and is really a bastard and so really people should be happy that he's dead yeah. but uh for his entire life people called jamie kingslayer because he's a regicide and even right. though he killed a total bastard the fact that he kills a king you it's know just followed like, him for life yeah it's, it's, CV. yeah especially <laughs> because his job was kingsguard yes like exactly. that's really what yes. does it. he swore to protect the king and you know then yeah. killed him which is a pretty poor job performance this is not the kind of thing you can slip in under the radar are in your hobby section on your resume. Right. No. Right? You're like, you get defined by it. It's like right there under your name. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I admit right. to being a pretty big Jamie Lannister fan, mm-hmm. even though he's not entirely a good guy. There's lots about him that I really respect. And, and he, later on, I think he becomes quite a bit better a person. So I hear people like this show. It's <laughs> yes, so they... good. The, the TV show is so, so good. And I also enjoy the books quite a bit. In fact, uh, my brother Mike, our uh, you know engineer and uh, technician extraordinaire, claims that he enjoys the television program far more than the books. He found the books tedious. Well, they are long. Right. I didn't have any problems long getting and, through them. and wordy. I think I've talked about, the, we've talked about Game of Thrones before and I've talked about how I read them. I see them as just a bunch of short stories kind of all set in the same world that you right. occasionally leave one and then come back to. And and they all have a, a general overarching story right. going through, but you can kind of read them as little vignettes, s- vignettes throughout yeah. this massive story. So it doesn't bother me that it takes a long time because I keep getting cool story, cool story, cool right. story, cool right. story. Yeah. So let me go through, we've, we've got some more regicide, of course. That's right. season right. slash book one. Mm-hmm. In season two, spoiler for season two or book two, fairly early on, Renly Baratheon, the nice guy, mm-hmm. is killed by a shadow vagina monster. Mm. I don't even know no. what that means. No, I'm interested. Is, is, it the, is, is the vagina a shadow? <laughs> there or is, is a, the shadow no, a vagina? She, she gives birth to it. This shadow binder priestess Melisandre gives birth to this evil shadowy creature. Like she's literally pregnant in the, in the TV show. Well, and who made her pregnant? A shadow? She, her magic. Ah, okay. So she basically it's a spell to, to okay. summon the shadowy assassin, but it involves her literally getting pregnant with this evil demon thing. Oh. Then sneaking to under where he is, giving birth to it, and it pops out and infiltrates his tent and stabs him through the back. Oh, wild. Mm-hmm. And nobody believes that this shadow creature is real because magic, even though everybody talks about magic, there's not a lot of magic in this world at this right. time. The dragons right. have all gone away. Some people think they were legends. Nobody cast fireballs or things like that, yeah. right? It's all almost magic-y, you know? Right, yeah. Even though magic is real. So when it shows up like this, nobody believes it, and they think that the people in the tent killed Renly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they have to flee and causes more drama. And one, one of whom was a member of his Kingsguard. Yes. So it's like echoes of Jamie, except not true. Exactly. Right, yeah. Season three, and again, these are big... I'm gonna. I gotta say this. These are big spoilers for season and book three. If you've not watched season or book three yet, and you enjoy them, you should fast forward about a minute or two because these are big deals. Okay, here we go. In season or book three, 
The Red Wedding. Oh, yeah. Rob Stark is the son of Ned Stark. He's been declared king of the North. He's doing really, really well because okay. he and his followers are really badass at fighting. Yeah. And they're outsmarting the Lannisters and the, who, are the, who are back in the Baratheons. Well, I mean, you got a, a, a royal name like Stark. Yes. You just like sound badass. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you kind of got to live up to your name at that stage. They're also kind of the good guys. I would say Rob is very much a good guy. He's raised honorable and true, right? He's, but right. he's also like a wicked warrior. Yeah. Uh, has a pet direwolf. The, all the Stark kids have these. Mm-hmm. So direwolf meaning huge wolf, yeah. right? He, unfortunately, I won't go into the full details of why this all happens, but he ends up being betrayed by his allies, mm-hmm. brought into what he thinks is just a wedding that will heal uh, some tension like between a political the two of them. wedding kind of thing. Come to this wedding, my daughter will marry one of your guys, and everything will be okay, and I won't be mad at you anymore. Like they did, like you know, in the Middle right. Ages, kind of thing. And so he thinks, okay, good. Whew, he forgive me for this slight I've given him. This is how we'll works. continue on. Yeah. In this wedding, all of a sudden, crossbowmen on the walls. They mm-hmm. start shooting him and all of his men. People who he thinks are on his side stand up and just start killing the people who are standing next to them. It's in, it's called the Red Wedding. Here's what happens to him. They hate him so much. They cut his head off, they kill his direwolf, and they sew his direwolf's head onto his own body and parade it around. Oh, nice. One of the few... The, so That's now humiliating. The first, the first two kings, aside from the guy who sets it all off, who die, are the two good guys. This is a big message, I think, that George R. R. Martin is telling everyone. Well, I yeah. think... I mean, this is these guys are even bigger dicks than Cromwell, which yeah. is saying something. <laughs> yeah, when you find out... The the people who betrayed him are really, really awful, awful people. It's mm. so great. Yeah. Closer, good guys good guys finished last yet and then again. Again, more season three, end mm-hmm. of season three spoilers. This is the part oh. you're gonna love though. Joffrey Baratheon, the son or well, bastard son yeah. of of uh, Robert Baratheon, not the son of Robert Baratheon. He's actually the son of spoiler alert, Jamie Lannister and his sister Cersei. Cersei mm-hmm. is the queen married to Robert. He's the child of incest. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. And he's That's why com- he looks slightly retarded. <laughs> and he is, he is completely reprehensible. He's a horrible, horrible person. And you, mm-hmm. they, So much so that they have had to insist to everybody watching the show, no, you have to understand the actor's a super nice guy. Right. <laughs> Please stop. It's one of these Walter Peck, uh, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Please stop hating this kid when you see him. You're supposed to hate his character, but he's super he's nice. He's a good actor. He's well, doing the, his the job. Well, the kid is uh, his, he's really excellent at being a little snot he and really, and, really and, and increasingly evil little shit. And uh, there's a point in the first season where Tyrion, played by Peter Dinklage, like slaps him. Slaps him. And uh, somebody made a video. Uh, where they set that to music and you can watch for 10 minutes Joffrey being slapped. Slap. Yeah. Slap. And after some episodes, you kind of need to go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah slap him. Well, I can't imagine fantasy nerds getting super invested in a storyline. Right? But the way they do it, like he does horrible, horrible things to characters that you like and like just keeps pushing way too far. So the end of season three, mm. he's also at a wedding. And it's not a very caustic death, but he ends up getting poisoned and dying horribly in front of his entire family and everybody else, which causes another bunch of people to have to run away because they think that they, they did get it. blamed for it. Yeah. 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 Really, really great stuff. I have not followed the Game of Thrones at all, but I do know that Lena Headey is in it. Yep. Yes. And I have become a massive fan of hers after her turn in Dread. She's uh, Cersei. Which one is she? She it's plays Catelyn Mama. Star. Yeah. She plays Mama in Dread. And she, oh, okay, yeah. Right. Uh, no, she's, yeah, she's, she's Rob Stark's mom. No, she's Cersei. Oh, which Lena 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 Hitty? Lena yeah. Hitty, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a fantastic actor. She played the Queen in Three Hundred. She played uh, Gerard Butler's wifey. Oh, yeah. She's mm-hmm. super good at being like stern and strong and gorgeous at the same time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like yeah. she's the one who stabbed uh, what's his name on the Senate floor in the Three Hundred, and yeah. then his Persian gold fell to the floor, and they knew he was a traitor. Oh, that was McNulty. From- yeah, it that was, was. Nulty from the Wire. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a great actress. There are a few scenes where, again, she, like her son Joffrey, is just manipulative and evil and weird. She's not as crazy as him. She doesn't do evil things for fun, but she'll do whatever she can if yeah. she thinks to get ahead. But she's got a few scenes where, as an actress, she really lets you almost feel sorry for this reprehensible character. Right. I, yeah, I have so much respect for her. Yeah. There's so many good actors in this show. It's and the people creating this show have pulled off an amazing feat of taking this massive, complicated book and making such a great show out of it. I, yeah. I, 
Game of Thrones is easily one of the best things that's ever been on TV. And and I think as a person who makes film, you have to watch it, even if you don't enjoy it, just to go, oh, that's how you adapt things really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like just to learn how they did it. Well, I mean, I certainly I've watched like two episodes, two and a bit kind of thing. And I just, I just didn't get like pulled into it. It just didn't do it for me. Okay. Uh, but it, the one thing I certainly appreciate, the production value is through the roof. Like they're little, they feel like little feature film. Yeah. So it, 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 I give them full credit for that, that it's one of the best looking things that's ever been on television. So how does all of this translate to a role-playing game? Well, yeah. that's a that's a good question, Torrent. <laughs> uh, so, my company, Green Reading Publishing, we do a Song of Ice and Fire role playing game, which is based on the books. And uh, we were lucky enough to get that license from George uh, a couple years before there was an HBO show. So it was sort of like, hey, now we have a game that's based on a really hot. HBO show. Fantastic. Nice. Um, so uh, one of the things that makes it different from other role-playing games, um, you know, in many games, like why your characters are together is um, not a you mystery. Mean a, you mean in a pub yeah, or whatever? Yeah, really <laughs> random. Like you're in a bar or, you know, you are all prisoners together or something like that. Right. Um, so in uh, our game, when you're making your characters, you also, as a group, um, you get to create your own noble house. So you sit down and there's a whole system where you like roll up your house like it's a character itself basically. Oh, interesting. Um, and then your so it gives other people a reason to kill you yeah. or want to kill you, <laughs> right? Yeah. So right. it's um, yeah. so it's the house that binds your characters together, and everyone has a role within the house. And so you could be a maester, you might be the heir. Uh, yeah. You know, you could be uh, a, a AKA, bodyguard. AKA dude with target on his back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so then as you're playing the campaign, you know, your character has individual goals, but also, um, you know, the group is uh, playing with the house engaging right. in the Game of Thrones. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So that's, oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Now, does this fantasy land have traditional dwarves or just Peter Dinklage? <laughs> <laughs> just Peter just Dinklage. Just Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, there's the children of the four. They're not oh, dwarves, yeah, yeah. but there's some... Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I said there's not much magic. There isn't, but as all of this is happening, the only children, uh, well, one of them dies fairly quickly, but the uh, the heirs to the Targaryens are off on the other continent, and one of them gets her hands on three dragon eggs, which yes. she then causes to hatch, and the dragons return to this world. And as these dragons return, all of a sudden, magic everywhere else starts working better. Yeah. And hmm. it's it's not explicitly spelled out but you know as a person who watches these things you can kind of figure out okay they're just kind of remarking oh now our certain thing works better and we don't know why and these things are happening we don't know why and it's like yeah dragons so what's the rule system so it is a system that we designed uh, especially for this game called the chronicle system it is d6 based you know the basic rules are pretty easy one of the neat things about character creation is we wanted to um have characters from the books be something that you could recreate using the system. Right. Um, and a lot of the characters in the, in the books are children and, uh, most RPGs don't really have rules for like, so you want to be a 10 year old girl who's very angry. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) incidentally, probably my most favorite character that's, I assume is still living. Are you? In the, uh, in the series. Yeah. Are you? She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And that actress, I, I, Man, for such a young actress, she is so, so good at yeah. everything she does. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a handful of them. Most of them are trash. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, or these friends of mine who were married, um, named their daughter Sansa. And I was like, why would you name your daughter Sansa instead of Arya? Because Arya is awesome. And yeah. Sansa's like, I want to be pretty. I betrayed my dad. You know, it was <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm always joking with him now. Well, you know, enjoy being a dad now because she's going to betray you and you're going to get killed. <laughs> so right. Arya is um, the message to all the people who want to be princesses. Yeah. 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 It's not so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, in the game, um, we had this destiny mechanic and... Um, if you uh, play a kid, you you start with lots and lots of what are called destiny points. So uh, you don't have um, a whole lot of skills and things like that. But uh, because you're young, 
uh, you have these destiny points that give you re-rolls and other benefits in the game. Okay. And the older your character is, um, the fewer of those you get. So you can also play yeah. someone who's really old, like Grandmaster Pycelle or something like that. And they'll have lots of skills and knowledge and that sort of stuff. But, you know, like as little a few as like one destiny point because well they're old and right. you know there's yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of like time left on the old clock yeah, and so exactly. you cross somebody you have no destiny points so yeah. you're thrown in the dungeon and killed oh. yes <laughs> whereas the kid has somebody mm-hmm. step in the way and mm-hmm. okay i love it i yeah. love well, the, systems uh, like that the game also has a fun mechanic where you know if you're losing a fight um, you can yield to your opponent and they get to decide what happens to you. So mm-hmm. if they're bastards, of course, they can just kill you. Um, but one of the options is they make you take the black and then you go to the wall. So, nice. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. And the most recent book is the Night's Watch book. So if you like your Jon Snow, you know, um, that's all about how to run um, a slightly different campaign where instead of creating a noble house, you create um, a castle that's on the wall and you're all in Night's Watch. Um, and the okay. book also does the flip side where you create a wildling village and you all play wildlings. So oh, nice. Yeah. Like the sounds of that. straight to games from here because there's a Sean Bean connection. Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. There's a Sean Bean connection? Yeah, he does the voice of Martin Septim. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> it took me the second time through to realize that as well. You oh, played you Oblivion twice? Almost, almost two times. Wow. Yeah, And Patrick Stewart plays Ur- Uriel Septim. This is from 2006. Mm-hmm. And Terrence Stamp plays Manker Cameron and uh, Linda Carter of Wonder Woman fame plays the female Nords. Nice. So where's the regicide? The story begins with the player imprisoned in a cell for an unnamed crime and the arrival of Emperor Uriel Septim, accompanied by Imperial bodyguards at the Imperial City Prison. They are fleeing from the assassins of the mythic Dawn cult who have murdered the Emperor's three sons. 
The Emperor, the Royal Guard, and the player head to a sewer that leads out of the city using a secret entrance that is located in the player's cell. Okay. Once in the sewer, the group is attacked by the Mythic Dawn. Uriel Septim entrusts the player with the Amulet of Kings, worn by Septim Emperors of Tamriel, and orders the player to take it to a man named Geoffrey, who is the Grandmaster of the Blades, blah, 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 blah. Um, immediately afterwards, one of the assassins kills the Emperor. The player oh. then proceeds to the open world of Cyrodiil. So there you go. Eventually, you take this amulet to the Sean Bean character, who is like the bastard son of the king that nobody knows about. Right, mm-hmm. okay. And you said, and you're like, we're going to put you on the throne and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so you have to investigate this whole cult and get in with them and kill them. And So I'm guessing the fact that you played it all the way through almost twice that you enjoyed the game. I really like these exploration games where you can just ignore the main right. quest and just go and explore. Yeah, you got your 3D environment that yeah. you can do anything That's in. That's one of the right? great things about Fallout and, yeah. and Skyrim as mm-hmm. well. Like, oh, I don't want to do this quest. I'm just going to go into a dungeon and shoot some undead from the shadows and stuff like that. But why would you want to put Sean Bean on the throne? Because Sean Bean is going to die. I know. (laughs) Everything that he's in. The inevitability of it all is just so taxing. Oh, sorry, Boromir. (laughs) And as a reference to Julius Caesar, whom Patrick Stewart has, of course, played on the stage. Of course. He played just about everybody on the stage, I would imagine. Emperor Uriel Septim spouts numerous quotes from the play itself in the final, final moments before his death. Well, if you're referencing uh, a, a William Shakespeare, mm-hmm. yeah. we got to go to probably his most famous play, Macbeth. There's some serious regicide the, going on there. The Scottish play. Mm. Uh, Macbeth is Shakespeare's shortest tragedy and tells the story of a brave Scottish general named Macbeth who receives a prophecy from a trio of witches. Bubble, bubble, toilet <laughs> trouble. Literally. It's like the only, <laughs> the only uh, Shakespeare I know by war- wrote. That one day he will become king of Scotland, consumed by ambition and spurred to action by his wife, Lady Macbeth. Uh, Macbeth murders King Duncan and takes the throne for himself. His reign is racked with guilt and paranoia, and he soon becomes a tyrannical ruler as he is forced to commit more and more murders to protect himself from enmity and suspicion. The bloodbath swiftly takes Macbeth and Lady Macbeth into realms of arrogance, madness, and death. You know, this is one of those books that uh, everyone's forced to read in school, but then you actually go, you know what? That was pretty cool. It's actually my favorite Shakespeare play. Yeah, well, it's a it's shortest, right? <laughs> well, shortest shortest tragedy, but yeah. yeah, but that helps, right? That doesn't hurt. Uh, and B, there's a shitload of murder. Like, see, Hamlet on the other side, there's like one murder at the very beginning, and then you got to wait all the way to the end, and then everybody dies. Yeah, t- well, it's not even at the beginning; it happened before oh, it spoiler starts. Spoiler alert! Yeah. I may not have read Hamlet. <laughs> so yeah, Hamlet, there's the regicide doesn't even happen in the story. Yeah. And Macbeth, it's just like, you know, you got that whole, like, oh, out out damn spot, right? You know, you can't wash the blood off your hands anymore. Yeah. There's so much blood on. Like, it's a it, it's pra- it's practically Shakespearean a Tarantino movie. <laughs> and if you really don't want to read Shakespeare, uh, Akira Kurosawa adapted it and made a samurai version, which is awesome. So Akira Kurosawa made a samurai version of just about everything. Well, exactly. <laughs> What's that exactly. called? Throne of Blood. Ron is King Lear. Throne of Blood is Macbeth. So, yeah. I mean, it's brilliant storytelling. It yeah. doesn't take much. You stick a bunch of samurais in a Shakespeare play. You got a winner, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I actually have never done Macbeth. I did a lot of Shakespeare when I took uh, theater in college, and Macbeth is one of the ones that I didn't end up doing, and mm-hmm. I never... You were, you were too afraid you were going to say the name of the play. Actually, I used to get in trouble because <laughs> I was, even back then, was a skeptic, and they would be talking about those stupid superstitions, and I'd be like, oh, big deal, Macbeth. And they'd, I literally was not allowed to come into rehearsal <laughs> until I went outside turned around three times and spat. But I did do Hamlet. I actually was Horatio in our production of it. So that meant that I got to show up at the beginning and then go downstairs and play games for an hour and a half and then come up at the end. <laughs> right. Uh, so I got to like listen to it over the monitors all the time and I got to be there for the huge death scene and say goodbye. And in Hamlet, there's, yeah, there's two regicides really. There's before it starts, Hamlet's father yeah. is killed by his, his brother. Uncle. Yeah, well, Hamlet's, Hamlet's uncle, uncle, the king's brother. Yeah who then marries Hamlet's mother to become king himself, which Mm -hmm. is odd because Hamlet is supposed to be old enough to become king. Yeah. And that's how it's supposed to work. There's never really much talk about how that. It was kind of a circumventing of the regular process. Yeah. Something, something uh, rotten is in happening in Denmark. I mean, they they say it. Then he finds out from his father's ghost that uh, he was murdered. He doesn't know this. He then spends the rest of the play. I like to say being a skeptic and proving that the ghost is right. 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 Lots of people are like, why does Hamlet, wait why yep. he the ghost said 
your dad killed me. And he's got some lines in there. He's like, be thou uh, a, a spirit damned or, 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 uh, no, well, yeah, he's afraid he's being tricked. Yeah. He, and he's afraid he, he's, he's going like, insane. He's like, too, okay, right. He's, he's not sure he's going insane, but he's also, look, it might be my dad's ghost. It might be some other horrible demon trying to convince me to kill my uncle. Yeah. So I got to make sure, which is cool. Hamlet is kind of like a skeptic. Shakespearean hero. Yeah. So but he is he is cracking around the edges. He, well, too, yeah. I mean, right? his dad's dead. He should be king. He's not. Yeah. Everything's weird. The, the whole last country's falling apart. Yeah. He's talking to a skull. Well, it's the skull of a guy who was the court jester when he was a kid and he knew yeah. him very well. And yeah. he's ta- thinking about death and end and all that other stuff. Yeah. You but, yeah. You know what? It might have been healthier to talk to like a real person, though. Might have been a little bit healthier. Yeah. A little more therapeutic. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the end of the play really proves that theory yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end, uh, basically everybody but Horatio and a few of the other people lie dying, including yeah. the king and the queen and Hamlet. Hamlet, correct. So regicide, if, regicide, regicide. But if there's anything <laughs> I've learned from talking to skulls is they can never lie back to you. Oh. Well, speaking of Hamlet, uh-huh. the Lion King from 1994. Right. With James Earl Jones, Jeremy Irons, Robert Guillaume, Rowan Atkinson, Whoopi Goldberg, and Cheech Marin. Yep. Tells the story of Simba, a lion cub who is heir to the African pride lands. His jealous uncle Scar makes a power play for the throne, engineering the death of Simba's father. No king, no king, la 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 la. <laughs> when writer Irene Metchi <laughs> came on board, she was told that the story pitch was Bambi in Africa meets Hamlet, or Bamlet, as she called it. Oh, and nice. it totally is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Which is fine because, again, brilliant storytelling. Yeah. It's uh, lions or samurai. You can't go wrong. Originally titled King of the Jungle, it was supposed to be about African lions living in the jungle until the production team realized that lions don't live in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> they live like on the Serengeti, on the plane, yeah. Best-selling home video of all time. Yeah, like 55 million copies, yeah. I think, is what I saw. Ooh, good gravy. It's, I've never seen it. Oh, it's a fine, fine movie. It is yeah. really well made. It's beautiful. It's got great production values throughout. The story is good and interesting. It's well paced. It's funny. The music is awesome. I, I love The Lion King. Well, I'm the I'm the guy who says things like, "Well, I'd watch more of Glee if there was less singing in it." So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so would I. Uh, yeah. Season one of Glee, uh, uh, <laughs> another Hamlet-based movie. I think we've mentioned this before. Is Bob and Doug's Strange Brew? Yes, that's right. Which takes place. <laughs> listen, Hamlet is in Elsinore Castle. The brewery that they go to is Elsinore Brewery. Yeah, oh it yeah. Is spe- and and they learn from a video game ghost that the owner of the brewery was killed by his brother. Like, yeah, yeah it's totally, totally Hamlet, except done with Bob and Doug. I love that movie. It's low budget and goofy fun. Yeah, it's goofy fun for sure. Again, Canadian, you know, pop culture legend. Yeah, I have a. Lesser of two evils I'd like to do. Okay. All right. In honor of uh, Chris Primus being here with us, I'm conjoining the lesser of two evils with our Pirates episode. All right. Which he was our guest spurt. Yep. So here's the lesser of two evils. If you guys recall, one common method of execution done by pirates in the Caribbean during the golden age of pirates was keel hauling. Mm -hmm. Very unpleasant. Uh huh. Not something where you would be dragged by rope from stem to stern underneath the boat, being dragged along the barnacles and oh, drowned the at the barnacles. same time. That's uh, that was possibly the, drowning, possibly drowning, but mostly having the skin flayed from your body by the barnacles, or getting regicided in the fashion of James the First, being run through with a sword and then stabbed to death inside of a privy full of raw sewage. <laughs> Ooh. Well, let's see. The ocean water is refreshing. That's better than shit. Yeah. But barnacles flaying your flesh. Yeah. Mm. What is the What do you think the survival rate is for uh, keel hauling? Keel hauling? Yeah. Zero percent. No, people did survive. Yeah, like one yeah. percent. Don't oh. they just do it again though? Don't they pick you up at the back and bring you to the front again? It yeah, de- certainly. It depends. The 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 stated goal is to have you die in keel hauling. They don't anticipate you to live. I guess I'd pick keel hauling uh, simply because there's a chance you could live and being stabbed 30 times in a privy there's really no chance even but, if you got out you'd have all those feces infected well, wounds let, let, let's yeah. say let's say that the, the pirates that have captured you are uh-huh. just as determined to kill you as yeah. the conspirators oh. so even if you were to survive mm-hmm. they would simply keel haul you again until you didn't survive <laughs> until you start to like it yeah <laughs> oh that's a that was a third option i did not anticipate <laughs> uh so let's let's go with the premise that they've both equal death okay right so uh 
Now, you did hit on something that I find very interesting. The Caribbean waters, especially back in the golden age of pirates, would have been crystal blue. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been beautiful, right? right? You know? Like, it would have been a tropical paradise. But at the same time, this would be a lot like waterboarding with the addition of the barnacle scraping the flesh from your bones. Yes. Like, it's, it's torture. Now, oh, yeah, it's torture, for the, sure. The bonus is with my animal control powers that I have, Yes. In the ocean, <laughs> oh, I could get something with big teeth to help me. But <laughs> in the sewer, it's only, die it's only rats. <laughs> or an what alligator. are they going to do? Summon a shark oh, to end my pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess uh, I'll probably regret this when I'm keelhauled. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with keelhauling because I don't want to die in a covered privy. in shit. Yeah. In a privy. But yeah. then you also have to think about what is your funeral going to be like as a king? Mm. Oh, yeah, good processional. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're going to get buried in the Westminster Abbey. They're never going to get all the smell off you, though, in time. Like, mm, that's true. But you know what? <laughs> that's their problem. But back in the, back in the 16th century, probably Every, everybody stunk like shit. Yeah, right? true. You know? True. Well, there was raw sewage running through the street that your funeral was going down, so they just probably assume. Well, in fact, every corpse smells like shit because when you die, you, you know, vacate. all your muscles relax. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 So it's kind of like. Sometimes when I don't die, my muscles relax. <laughs> You know what I don't like, though, about the being in the privy one? I don't like the anticipation that you're, like, crouched on there. You know, there's a lady in waiting with you, and you're like, shut up. Shh. Shh. Stop wrestling. <laughs> right? And you're waiting for them, and there's that. Put that thing away. Yeah. Well, the keel hauling, you're like, you know, they're strapping you. You know it's coming. Like, there's, you know, there's there's, there's no, oh, am I going to get away with this? Like, oh, this keel hauling is not going to be cool. There's also that chance, though, with the fi- with the fighting in the privy that maybe the guy will slightly miss with that sword or oh. not hurt you bad, and you'll be able to get it out of him and fight, and you'll be oh, wounded and, and infected, but yeah. And in, in pure James the First style, you did cold cock like two of them before the third guy got you. But yeah. we decided that we're dying either way. Oh, yeah, we're okay. dying for sure. You're okay. going to get run through the, the sword, but you did get to punch out a couple of dudes so the question, before you got run through the, the sword. The question is, do you want to get in a fight before you die, or do you want to see some refreshing, beautiful uh, Oh, yeah, Caribbean, tropical fish. Yeah, like, like fish. This is basically, you know what keel hauling is? It's basically the torture version of the glass bottom boat that you like get when you go out in Hawaii, right? So but will I a- be able to keep my eyes open while I'm being keel hauled? This is the question I have to ask myself. My question I think you got about, a chance. You got a chance. It's you know, it's salt water, but it's you know, it's not chlorinated water. Yeah. That stings way worse than salt water. My question about keel hauling was always like, so you're being dragged under the boat. You know, can you like push off the boat with your hands? You know, so you're not being scraped right. like the whole I way. I think you're tied. Like I yeah, think your hand. That's how they do it. Your hands are tied to the front. Your feet are tied to the back. That's how they drag you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Oh. yeah. So it's oh, that, wait. Okay, here's the question. Then okay, lay it on me. Is my front getting all barnacled or is my back, back. getting all? I think it's your back. Your back. They're barnacling your back. Yeah, that's yeah, important. Yeah. That's that very important. My precious face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doran's gonna leave a beautiful corpse. <sighs> all right, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm I'm gonna go with the privy because on my bucket list is I want to <laughs> knock a guy out with a single punch. And so okay. I know that I'm going to die, but at least I do get to cold cock two guys before I get run through. In a pile of you shit, know, too. You know what else yeah. is on your bucket list? A bucket full of shit. <laughs> you know, but I am down there with a lady awaiting, so maybe, you know, I mean, oh, I, can get a, uh, I can get a make-out uh, session. No, I, uh, I, can get, uh, I can get a make-out session before I get it in. Uh, when the plank mm, comes off, I'm like, scatological. No, you just throw in you like, like kiss me, baby, give me some sugar in like Ash style. <laughs> and, and she like looks at you. She goes, "Are you fucking kidding?" And me? You're like, I'm the king, baby. Lay it on me. So you get one big smooch, then you cold cock two dudes, and they run through with a sword. That's going out in style. I'm I'm fully on side with the privy. Oh, well, maybe she'd scold you for bricking up the escaping. You know? Oh yes, yeah. no, that oh, would be good that. job because yeah. you're tennis asshole. <laughs> I guess that is. That's true. right. There's all the tennis balls you have to contend. You're with. king. You couldn't afford to just buy new tennis balls. <laughs> so, uh, who's next? I think because I've bricked up. I don't know. It's difficult because I've bricked up this sewer that could have allowed me to escape. Yeah. I feel like I've hoisted myself on my own petard in uh, this yeah. case. Yeah. But on the other hand, I have a cunning plan. Oh, and that cunning plan is to trade clothes with a lady, lady in waiting, waiting. Oh. and she gets horribly murdered, and I get away. I don't think she would make that trade. <laughs> that's my challenge. Yeah, I don't think you would fit in her dress. <laughs> that's so far. I have. But 
I, I think I think what you're saying is but cross. My acting, no, you my know acting will all be the, so great. All the rustling of the taffeta it'll would be attract my, the conspirators. You die even quicker. It'll be my tour de force. Torn, <laughs> you're aware that you have facial hair. <laughs> that you I, are obviously we're all covered in shit. <laughs> also, you're in the dark, right? I mean, you're down a hole. You're in a privy. It's true. It's true. So you're going with the privy on the outside chance. On the outside the, chance that you can switch parts, or I can get style. all of my rat friends to form in the shape of me, <laughs> and then well, the first time they stab. It'll just scatter. I'm like, oh my god, he was made of rats the whole time, well, and I'm just like, like Rambo up against the wall, covered in shit. There's, yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, the very predator or predator. Well, then yeah. I'm gonna take plankton and sew it together <laughs> into some form of super awesome anti barnacle vest. Sold. I mean, if we're just gonna make shit up, yes. We oh are. no, his little his little plan isn't gonna work. He's gonna die. He's just you know his premise is faulty. He just wants to die in a woman's dress. Yeah. Oh. I, which there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> no, Torrin. not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, uh, did you uh, did you vote on side of keel hauling? I did, yeah. Yeah. Because up till then, you lived the life of a pirate. <laughs> well, you know, some say. Or you could have been in the Royal Navy. You could have been in the Royal Navy, got keel hauled because of that. Uh, what about you, Joe? I, I think I have to agree with you that if I'm going to go down, I want to go down fighting. I don't yeah. want to go down tied up with no chance and tortured and all that. I, I'll I'll take as much as... But the last thing you see is going to be a, a school of zebrafish. No, oh, no, no, oh, I'm agreeing and, with you. I, yeah, I don't and, care And with, um, uh, in the Torn, I'm surprised Torn didn't go with the keel hauling because at the end of it, his flesh would have been gobbled up by all the fish. Oh, that's true. You would have, you would have like contributed to the circle of life. At least parts of me. Mm-hmm. I, I can do that with dandruff anyway. <laughs> or maybe you'd be rescued by deep ones. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> he sings of us. No. Bring him to our sunken city. You've, <laughs> you've already voted. Too late. You're Damn locked it. in. Damn it. Now I have to write a song about rats in the sewer. Okay, I'll, get, I'll do this. I thought it would be fun to mention some regicide from Middle Earth. Okay. Um, so if you people know your Middle Earth history from uh, Lord of the Rings and the other uh, Tolkien books, mm-hmm. um, King Isildur, who took the One Ring after the last alliance of men at elves had defeated Sauron, um, he was traveling when he was attacked by orcs. He jumped in the water with his invisible ring. That's right. So he could, uh, you know, escape from the orcs and the the. Ring is such a bastard, even though it's just a piece of jewelry, <laughs> that it slipped off his hand, and then orcs shot him from the bank, and he died of drowning and being shot with orc arrows. Ah. So I want to just give one up for the orcs, you know? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they killed the king of Gondor and Arnor, and... Uh, they were like, oh, democracy, <laughs> something, anarchy! Something Sauron himself was unable to That's do. That's right. Oh. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Orcs, the true heroes of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, that wouldn't go that far. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. An ominous feeling. A feeling you know that we'll be back. When the week is new And we'll have more gross facts for you And you'll have things you'll want to hear about We will too Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while undergoing buckyball therapy. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Or email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. So what's coming down the pipe from Green Ronin? We have just reprinted the Hobby Games, the 100 Best Book. This was a book of essays we released a few years ago where we went to 100 uh, well-known game designers and said, uh, hey, you know, what's a game that that you think is influential or great or both that you yourself never worked on and uh, and write about, you know, make basically make the case for that game. 
And, uh, you know, we had people like Gary Gygax before he passed away and uh, S. Craig Taylor, who is an old war game designer who recently passed away. They, they wrote essays along with a bunch of, of uh, other fine game designers and industry notables. Um, so that should be back in stores uh, within the month. Then we have the fourth and final DC Adventures book, which is Universe. Um, that is finished and it's in with our Warner Brothers guy for approvals. Uh, as soon as we get approval on that, then we'll start the pre-order process and you'll be able to buy the PDF. And what's that uh, about? Um, it's a whole book about the DC universe. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's pre-New 52. So it's basically like kind of the classic DCU. And it's got, even though we did two giant books full of characters, Heroes and Villains Volumes 1 and 2, uh, there's another big whack of characters in this book also. Did you get Captain Carrot in there? I don't think so. Damn it. (laughs) I'm actually not. I couldn't swear to that. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll have to buy it and find out. Well, Uh, I guess you will. I'm pretty Uh, sure somebody has written up Captain Carrot on the Mutants and Masterminds forums, mm -hmm. though. There are some guys there doing some really great character designs in that game. Then uh, after that is the uh, long-awaited Emerald City um, set for Mutants and Masterminds. Um, it's going to be a slip case with three books and a poster map. So you get a player's book, a game master's book, and then a full length adventure. Um, so it's basically ready to go. Uh, you know, you can just start a campaign with that full color, of course. And, uh, that is, we're just getting in some final art and doing some layout tweaks, but, uh, that also should go up for pre-order and PDF sale pretty soon. Um, it is part of what's called the Freedom Verse, um, which is uh, the setting of our Freedom City setting. This is essentially uh, a, the West Coast equivalent of Freedom City. So it expands our previous universe and gives people a new new uh, city to play with. Then uh, we're also working on the third Dragon Age set, mm. uh, which should be out after that. Um, that takes you to uh, levels 11 to 20 and finishes the core rules. Um it's got fun stuff in there, like a, uh, a narrative system for mass combat. So if you want to engage in some big battles, it uh, tells you how to do that. And more world info and adventure and, you know, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, we're having new Mutants and Masterminds core rulebook coming out, the Deluxe Heroes Handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, that is basically the previous Heroes Handbook with uh, another, I don't know, 80 pages or something in it. Um, it's got uh, the whole quick start character generator it's got two new adventures and uh it's nice i think people will like it Uh, yeah so that's that's the what's coming up in the immediate future and that you can uh, everyone our listeners can learn more at greenronin.com yes or at greenronin pub on twitter nice well thanks for coming out absolutely my pleasure